Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. We are following up in our series of supplementation Mm -hmm. um, podcast. And this one, we're going to talk about our bone health. And osteoporosis is a disease that develops when we don't take care of our bones. It is one of the reasons many people take dietary supplements is because they're worried about their bone health. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a very common thing to supplement for your bone health. Yeah, it affects most Americans over age 70. Right. Especially women, but also men. Right. And it's so common. Yeah. So I thought this was a fun fact. Yeah. Or not so fun, maybe. (laughs) Well, maybe not. If you add up all the cases of heart disease, stroke, and diabetes in a year, osteoporosis is more common. That's crazy. I have a theory. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Okay. My theory. Okay. <laughs> if I look at food records for clients, I'm most of the time struck by what's missing in their diet. Okay. And almost always we're not getting enough dairy products. Yes. And it concerns me about our bone health. Right. Right. So and, and I, I so I wanted to back up a little bit and talk about the healthy eating index. This is a way of kind of scoring the American diet. And what they do is they use the data from NHANES. The, um, it's just a, a long-term study that they've been doing and collecting data from people. And yeah, it's not the best. It's like, what have you eaten over the last, right. you know, but it is a snapshot of our overall diet quality. And what they do is they compare it to the dietary guidelines that are put out every five years. This was based on the last, the 2015 dietary guidelines and the healthy index score, but the score for Americans was 59 out of 100. Well, that's a failing grade. That is a failing grade. (laughs) That's 59%. Our overall diet quality, it just indicates that we're not conforming to the dietary recommendations. Right. Now, the dietary guidelines are controversial, often. Often, you hear that. Right. Yes. But if you actually look at the science behind the dietary guidelines, this is extremely sound science. Yes. Yes. This is not just random people getting together. These are the best experts. Right. And I know people always think, well, if somebody paying to have their information in the dietary guidelines, that's just not how this works. Right. This is very, the very, very science. The review it, right. and they're collecting and reviewing all of the research that has been done in all time. Right. And adding to it every five years, the most current research that they know. We'll and put looking a, at it. We'll put a link to the 2020 U.S. Dietary yeah. Guidelines into the show notes. But these are, this is... We're not playing around here. This is no. this is very sound science. Right. So if you're worried about the dietary guidelines and whether... And, and this always kind of cracks me up. I hear people saying, well, I follow the dietary guidelines and I was unhealthy. Really? <laughs> right. I, I doubt that. No. You know, I, because people... We don't follow the dietary guidelines. This healthy eating index score proves that. Yes, it We does. are not following we the dietary... We are not. No, we're not. And primarily what I see is that we are missing out on the recommendations for fruits and vegetables. We should be consuming five or more servings a day, minimum. And we're not getting the the dairy and the the foods that we need to eat from the dairy food group that are going to help us with osteoporosis. So 
Let me talk a little bit about osteoporosis. It is a condition of gradual weakening of and causing brittle, brittle bones. Right. It progresses slowly. The National Institute of Health, according to them, they claim that about half of all Americans over age 50 have weak bones. Now, the good news is that no matter how old you are, there are many things you can do to prevent bone loss and even try to build some new bone. Right. So. And what's the biggest consequence of osteoporosis? You know, a, f- a fracture. Right. Or even a fall that leads to a fracture. Correct. That's generally when it's diagnosed. Is right. When somebody has had a fall. Then right. they'll go in and they'll realize that their bone density is not there. And this comes from, though, early on in your life having adequate calcium. And I don't see enough of our young... I, I see a lot of young people shunning mm-hmm. away from dairy foods. Right. And, and and it doesn't have to be dairy, although there's nothing wrong with dairy. <laughs> we right. need to do a podcast on that. But, right. you know, if you do dairy alternatives and you're getting calcium and vitamin D there... At least you're getting some in your diet. But I'm not even seeing that. Right. I don't see that. And I don't see people replacing that in right. their diet. And it concerns me. Right. And you mentioned that it's typically asymptomatic until somebody falls or right. has a fracture. Which you, can be devastating right. to them at yeah. that point. And people will often get, you know, maybe you'll have a, a situation where you'll get your, your, your bone density level tested, mm-hmm. which is great. That's something that is recommended for people, especially for women, to get their bone density tested, but for men too. Mm-hmm. Especially about the age of 50. Right. And if you have a chronic health condition, again, something like a GI condition that affects your malabsorption, right. you should be getting frequent bone density scans. Even before to, 50. To make sure yes. that you are, when if you are diagnosed, this is, again, this is my area of interest, with celiac disease, you should have a baseline yep. bone density scan to yes. make sure that it's not been affected by celiac disease. Yep. So the bone, our bones and skeleton, and that includes our teeth too, play a lot of roles in our, in our body. So it does help us with storing and supplying calcium as needed for our cells and our organs. So we actually will pull calcium out of our bones when we need it and we're not getting it enough in our diet. And that's what causes osteoporosis. This is a survival mechanism. If you have yeah. inadequate blood calcium, you can cause significant heart issues. And yeah. so, um, like heart rhythm issues that can lead to death. Mm-hmm. So your body would rather pull from your bones mm-hmm. and make your bones weak than right. to have your heart stop. Yeah, right. Makes sense, right? I'm kind of grateful for that. I mean, yeah. too. So that's something that, you know, even if you, if you feel like, well, you know, who cares if I'm not consuming enough calcium? Mm-hmm. You know, my blood calcium levels are fine. Well, of course they're fine because your body is pulling it from the bone right. to make sure that those levels are fine. Exactly. Exactly. So good nutrition is essential to ensuring that we have what we need to help make and regenerate bone. And what that means is we have enough protein in our diet. We have enough vitamins and minerals that we need to make the bone. So some of the important nutrients that are involved in bone health are calcium, phosphorus, zinc, and magnesium. And then we also need vitamins D, K, and A for normal bone metabolism. Without these, our bones can become weak and then they break. I think when people think about bone health, they automatically go to calcium. But I'm glad that you mentioned the other nutrients. Yeah. You know, the phosphorus, the zinc, the magnesium. Mm -hmm. K and A, again, are very interesting 
focus points. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what you will find us saying is that not when we're talking about those being important vitamins, we're not meaning that you need to take a supplement of those vitamins to have healthy bones. Correct. Correct. And in fact, vitamin K at this point, yes, there's a lot of talk about vitamin K and bone health, Mm -hmm. but there is no recommendation for supplementation at this time in terms of bone health. The other thing is vitamin K levels, you know, if if you're on a blood thinner, you don't want to mess with those, you know, things like that. So there's not just, again, not a situation where it's more more is better. Yeah. True. True. All right, so yeah, we talked about in the last podcast the relationship with calcium and vitamin D and how that's that role happens. We talked about the absorption rate and right. how vitamin D actually is beneficial because it helps with the absorption of calcium. Now, if you missed the last podcast, go back and listen to us. Or we can tell you (laughs) that without vitamin D, calcium is only absorbed at about a 10 to 15% rate from the intestine. Right. But with vitamin D, it's about 30 30 to 40%. 40%. So that's the other thing is a lot of people think with the nutrients that, you know, the body doesn't absorb everything that you consume either. So. Right. It's not 100% absorption. Never 100%. Yeah. Our skeleton is our body's major storage bank for calcium, and vitamin D helps our bodies absorb that calcium from our diet, like we just mentioned. And vitamin D is also needed to help bone-forming cells mineralize bone proteins into that hard tissue, especially when they're younger, when kids are younger, right? And you're putting on that bone mass. If we don't have enough calcium in our diets to supply the calcium to all the body cells that need it, and you need calcium in almost every cell of your body, not just the bones. You know, calcium then, like we mentioned, is removed from the skeleton or your bones. So where do we get calcium products? Basically yogurt, cheese, dairy products, but you can also get it in cereals, Mm -hmm. soy products, green leafy vegetables, And again, if you're not consuming dairy products for whatever reason, we'll talk about that maybe in another podcast, is, you know, calcium supplements may be necessary at that point. However. However, with the caveat. (laughs) More is not better with calcium supplements. Correct. The the RDA for calcium varies on how old you are Mm -hmm. and what stage of life you're in. So kids need different levels of calcium versus a pregnant woman versus an older adult. Correct. Somebody over the age of 50. So it's not, the thing about it is these are not astronomically high levels of calcium that you need. Right. You know, if you drink a glass of milk, we're talking about what, 250 milligrams of calcium? 200 or 300. Yeah. If the RDA for your age group is 1,000 milligrams of calcium, you're already away, or a third of the way there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're taking then a huge amount of calcium supplements on top of your calcium, high calcium diet, that's unnecessary. Correct. And in some ways, for some people, can be dangerous. Calcium supplements, if you're, for example, somebody's prone to calcium oxalate kidney stones, are bad news. So you're much better, better off to, in fact, it's recommended you get calcium from, from your, your diet. diet. Yes. If you have a history of kidney stones. Yeah. We see people who over-supplement calcium who develop mm-hmm. kidney stones. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is not just, again, while well, I'm wasting some money by taking this. Yeah. Uh, it can be dangerous. Right. 
Right. I also see people who take a multivitamin with calcium and then take a calcium supplement on top of that. Right. And they do it at the same time. Right. And here's the other thing with calcium supplements. You don't want to consume more than 500 milligrams of calcium at one time. Right. Our body's absorption rate actually then declines even further. Right. Taking (laughs) 1,000 milligrams of calcium every morning is not an effective way to supplement your calcium every day. It's better to actually take like a Tums (laughs) throughout the day, like maybe once or twice or three times during the day, depending on how much dairy you are getting. Right. So take a little stock of whether I consume calcium in the form of dairy products. If I don't do dairy for whatever reason, whether it doesn't agree with me or I don't agree with it, maybe, (laughs) then consider other sources. Do mm-hmm. I do a soy-based beverage, milk beverage that right. I could has added calcium? Do I do calcium fortified orange juice? Right. Do you eat green vegetables? Yes. <laughs> do you, you know, right. do I eat cheese and yogurt? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Again, it doesn't have to always be milk. Right. No, it doesn't. I uh, I think my professor at a um in college would just say you have a milk on your cereal in the morning you have cheese on your sandwich at lunch and you have a yogurt in the afternoon for dinner and a twinkie and you've got all the calcium you need in a day literally he told us about the twinkies you get some calcium in twinkies and a lot of things are fortified i think that's something to remember is that fortification of the food supply in the united states has been extremely helpful for preventing vitamin and mineral deficiencies in this country absolutely okay So we mentioned calcium, we talked a lot about vitamin D in our previous podcast, you know, so a lot of times your fortified products with calcium that are dairy are going to also be fortified with vitamin D. It's tricky though. The one that's tricky to me is Greek yogurt. Yeah. Many Greek yogurts do not have a lot of natural vitamin D in them, even though they're made from milk because of the process to make Greek yogurt. Yes. It's not like regular regular yogurt. You know that if you've had Greek yogurt. Mm -hmm. It's a lot thicker. Yeah. It's because it's strained three times instead of two times. Uh Uh-huh. And that third straining tends to remove some of the natural vitamin D from the milk that's used to make the yogurt. Now, often, not often, occasionally it'll be added back in. Right. Be fortified with vitamin D, Mm -hmm. which is great. But if you're choosing a Greek yogurt because you think you're going to get vitamin D from it, make sure you're checking that label. Yeah. To see if it's actually in there. I have a lot of people who go to Greek yogurt because they're trying to get more protein in their diet or their snack or whatever. Uh, But, yeah, then we're missing out on vitamin D. And I have to, we have to make sure that that's got some vitamin D added or something. Right. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So I also mentioned phosphorus and uh, zinc are a couple minerals that we need for bone health. You don't hear about those as much no. with relationship to bone bone health, but mostly that's because our diets are so rich in phosphorus and zinc, it's not an issue. Right. We're getting plenty of that. That's not the nutrient of concern. Right. Phosphorus deficiency is rare. Yeah. You know, zinc deficiency is fairly rare. There's no reason to be taking an extra zinc supplement. There's not even really good relationship with zinc and immunity necessarily. Right. Um, and can I just caution people, if you're taking a zinc supplement for immunity, don't take it more than two weeks. It's a mineral. You you, you will actually decrease your ability to <laughs> 
be focus on your immune your immune system response by overdoing the zinc right so again phosphorus and zinc are like you said ubiquitous in the diet yeah so you know poultry if you eat lean meats poultry eggs seafood beans peas lentils nuts and seeds again you're going to be getting enough phosphorus in your diet right also it's in dairy products Fruits and vegetables, some fruits and vegetables. And zinc, again, many ready-to-eat breakfast cereals are fortified Mm -hmm. with zinc. Um, Again, if you eat poultry, if you eat beans, if you eat nuts, you're getting, again, that variety of foods, you're getting plenty of zinc in your diet. It doesn't take large amounts to meet that minerals. No, no. Now, the one that I think a lot of us are hearing more about is magnesium. Yes. Okay, so we're seeing a lot of magnesium supplementation. Yes, we are. And so, Not quite as popular as vitamin D, but it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about magnesium. What does it do? Magnesium, it serves as an important part of like a lot of our body functions. Right. Uh, it's in many enzymes that our body has, body chemicals. And so it's necessary for helping us to produce energy, um, making protein in the, in the body, your body actually makes proteins. <laughs> it doesn't absorb protein whole, so it mm-hmm. has to make them back up when it gets into the body. And it helps regulate our blood glucose levels as well. Magnesium also plays a role in helping our body cells that are in our nerves and our muscles. It sends signals to relax and contract. And uh, it also helps, like you mentioned, with our heart, Mm -hmm. our heart rhythm. It helps promote a normal blood pressure. And then, of course, obviously, we're talking about it with bone health. It serves as a a component of our bones, and it may help with our immune response. So for magnesium, the recommendation, the RDA ranges from 310 milligrams from females through age 30, and then for up to 410 milligrams for teenage boys. Right. So somewhere in there is the amount of magnesium that we would need to consume. Right. If you don't consume enough, it is rare to see a deficiency mm-hmm. in magnesium. Unless you're really sick. I see magnesium deficiencies when people come into the hospital uh-huh. because they have something else going on, whether it's some um, chronic diarrhea, some sort of malabsorption. Malabsorption, right? yeah. We see, yeah. We see mag- like le- legitimate magnesium deficiencies, Yeah. but it's not in like free-living, healthy people. It's right. in people who are ill. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and quite seriously ill, ill enough to be admitted to the hospital type right. of ill. So this is not something that, you know, is is common in most people yeah. who are healthy and eating a bad, like a reasonable diet. Right. However, what we do know is many Americans actually don't consume enough magnesium. Right. And they may not have enough magnesium stored to help protect against health problems, such as the heart disease and the immune disorders. Consuming... Too much magnesium in food probably isn't a problem. Right. Okay, so you know what we're going to say. Too much. Eat your magnesium. Don't. Don't take it in a pill form. (laughs) You don't really need to supplement. So you can't go overboard. Too much magnesium from food isn't necessarily a concern. But when you start talking about supplements, that's when we start having problems with high doses of magnesium. That can also cause nausea, abdominal cramping, and diarrhea. 
Right. Just like you mentioned with vitamin D on right. our last episode, actually. More is not, of, yeah. More, more is, is not, not better. better. Right. And magnesium is one of those things that, again, unless you have a documented deficiency, is not necessarily something that you need to be supplementing. Right. Right. Now, with magnesium supplements, again, if you are taking a magnesium supplement, make sure your doctor is aware. Hopefully you're doing it because your doctor has recommended it for some reason. But you definitely want to let them know that you are on a supplement because it can interfere, interact with antibiotics and other medications. Even your pharmacist, it might not be a bad idea to let them know you're on a magnesium supplement. And then you can also get magnesium from like antacids and laxatives Mm -hmm. as well. So do be careful because you might be taking it and not realize you're taking magnesium um, in an antacid. And there are different forms of magnesium, and some of them are more easily absorbed, and some of them are less easily absorbed. It's, you know, there's mag- magnesium oxide, and, mm-hmm. you know, I see other other forms of magnesium that people might be on. Yeah. So, again, you want to make sure that you're taking the, if you are taking a magnesium supplement, you're taking the right type of magnesium supplement for you. And this is a good, again, good question for your doctor, your registered right. dietitian, what is appropriate if you need a supplement. If you need it, right. But let's make a case so, for not needing a dietary yeah. supplement because so, I think you'll be surprised how often you get into magnesium. Yeah, in it's it's not that difficult to get it in. It's it's actually found in varying amounts in all kinds of foods. But the best sources are beans mm-hmm. and legumes, nuts, and whole grains. And see, again, I'm seeing a decline in grains in people's diets oh. and whole grains. Because, you know, low carb. Right. Low right. carb. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we've talked about that before. So, but yeah, so we're seeing a lot of people not going for grains. Whole grains are an excellent source of magnesium, though. Uh, green vegetables are also good sources because of they have chlorophyll, and mm-hmm. that contains magnesium. Chlorophyll has magnesium. So if you can... Get a good source of magnesium in your breakfast by putting some peanut butter on your toast. I have peanut butter on my banana every morning. Right. If you have <laughs> almonds for your snack in uh-huh. the afternoon, yep. or almonds and pecans, yep. and then you have some whole wheat bread for your dinner, yeah. you are unlikely to be deficient in magnesium. Right. At least from a dietary perspective. Right. Again, whether you have an absorption issue, those types of things, that is not something that you can diagnose on your own. Right. That's something that, you know, you need to address with your doctor. Right. I don't see a lot of routine, even magnesium supplementation in celiac disease. It's one of the Mm -hmm. nutrients of concern, Uh but we don't see, for example, we see more deficiencies in calcium and D than we see in magnesium Hmm. because it is so widespread in the diet. Yeah. So focus on that balanced diet. You'll be fine. What else can we do for our bone health? Weight-bearing exercise. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's not just diet. Yeah, it's not you know, just diet. Yeah, you're right. You're right. About, Sorry. About, yeah. What else we do? You know, so we talk about weight-bearing exercise. Getting out and taking a walk. Right. Is huge for bone health. Yeah. And in fact, this is something that we want to, you know, keep people who are getting older active. Yes. You might think, well, if they're out taking a walk, they could fall. Yeah, yeah. theoretically they could. But if they're out taking a walk... Because and their muscles are healthier, they are less likely to fall. Right, right. 
And they're strengthening their bones right. when you're walking. And that weight-bearing exercise is what's important for right. the bones. As important as it is to lift weights, that's great. Yes. But truly, you know, or ride a bike or whatever, yep. putting putting your shoes on and going out and putting yes. some weight on your bones is what actually builds mm-hmm. bone health. Yes. So this is something that, you know, and again, keeping older adults active. Right. Because you can prevent issues by being active and and making sure they're getting enough calcium. You can actually kind of slow down mm-hmm. the osteoporosis, you mm-hmm. know, like, and uh, I don't know how much you can really put on more bone mass, but you can actually prevent further right. loss. Well, and then by having strength and having mobility, you're less likely to fall. Yes. Which is going to cause, if you do have osteoporosis, would lead more likely to a to fracture. fracture. Right. And fractures are debilitating. Yeah. Especially in the hip. Yes. And, you know, often when patients come in and they had a hip fracture, they are not going home right away. No. They are going to end up having to go to a facility to get better. Yeah. And that's a major disruption to their quality of life. Yeah. Um, and often it can be kind of a sign that, the quality of life is maybe not going to be what they want it to be maybe for the rest of their lives. Right. So staying active, eating enough protein, having a nice balanced diet with a few sources of calcium every mm-hmm. day, it is unnecessary likely to need to supplement. Right. Again, these are always good discussions to have with your doctor, to have with your dietitian. Right. And if your doctor doesn't know, and that's possible, that they're like, well, I'm not really sure, you know, or maybe it's a good idea to take this or maybe not a good idea to take this, say, hey, I I eat plenty of calcium. Do I need to be taking a calcium supplement? Right. Yeah. Have a dietitian take a look at your food intake if you're not sure. Right. Yeah. And, of course, there are medications that build bone health, and those may become necessary for some people. But at this point, if you can kind of put the focus on diet and Mm -hmm. weight-bearing exercise... Yeah. You know, the things you can't change. You can't change your age. Right. You know, yeah. you can't change the fact that you're a woman versus a man. Right. You can't change the fact that you, you know, Caucasian females are more likely to right. develop bone issues than, mm-hmm. you know, you know, somebody who is a man who's African American. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's again more likely there are ethnic groups that are more likely, there are races that are more likely to have issues with yeah. bone health. But again, this is a good conversation with your doctor. And if you have kids in your life, you know, I, I hate to say, like, when I was young, because I hate when people do that. Yeah. Because it's annoying. But we drank milk at the table. Right. We drank what milk has at changed? every meal. Yeah. What has changed? I, I don't know. I don't understand it. But it, that's... Right. It's I think a, a big part of why the diet quality has gone down. Right. It is important to continue to consume calcium, you know, as, as a child. You know, if you can get kids to drink milk... If they're not, if you, again, if you, if it doesn't agree with them or you don't agree with it, yeah, that's one thing, then make sure they're getting other sources of calcium. This is not something to, organ- to ignore in right. your growing children. When kids are up to the age of 25 can still put on bone mass. After that. After that, you can't really put on bone mass, but right. you can hopefully slow down or, right. Yeah. Reverse the progression of it. If you have kids that are in athletics, you know, stress fractures are a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, stress fractures are from repeated overuse, but they can Mm -hmm. also have a a component of poor diet. 
Right. You know, so again, if your child is generally drinking water, soda, energy drinks, yeah. fruit juice that's not fortified with calcium, yeah. there's a chance that they are deficient in terms of that particular nutrient. Right. And the first place to start, like anything, especially with kids, is with just improving the diet quality. Right. Yeah. And saying, okay, instead of having pop with dinner, we're going to have milk. Right. You right. know, or instead of having potato chips for a snack, here's a handful of nuts. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things you can do with diet without having yeah. to resort to a, a vitamin supplement. That's a great snack. Peanuts with a glass of milk. Right. And, and that's what people don't get when they eliminate that dairy. They're getting rid of, they don't realize, but you're getting rid of protein. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, when you're going to almond milk, you're getting rid of the protein and the calcium yes. and, and the carbohydrates. Newsflash, almond milk has shockingly little protein in it. It has shocking <laughs> little nutrients in it. Right. So like, right. And, and, and hopefully or luckily, you're adding calcium to the almond milk if you're drinking almond right. milk. Right. But, yeah, you can tell how we feel. Like, the, the thing is, it's the diet quality is focused on that source of protein, vitamin D, calcium, mm-hmm. all those nutrients that are in milk mm-hmm. that you just don't necessarily get from these other products. Right. It's a nutritional winner. It really is. Yeah. And it's something that, again, if you don't want to drink milk, at least eating things that are made with milk. Right. Yogurt. <laughs> right. So I have to say I'm, I'm of that 50 plus age. So, you know, that's when we start seeing that increased risk for osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I needed to up my dairy game. I was not getting enough dairy in my diet. And mm-hmm. I've never been a yogurt fan, but I am now eating yogurt. And Yay. I'm trying to eat yogurt once a day. Because <laughs> it just gives me that extra serving of dairy that right. I haven't been getting. Check that yogurt label. Make sure there's vitamin D added back into it yes. if it's been taken out because it's yeah. a Greek yogurt. Again, it, I don't care for Greek yogurt because right. I obviously I'm not a big fan of yogurt. So to me, Greek yogurt's even more right. of a flavor that right. I, yeah, I'm still working on. Right. So I'm growing up. <laughs> Fine. Well, no, but you're 29. I don't understand how that happened. So I don't know. If you have more questions about your bone health, please feel free to shoot us a message, a message at dish at secretliferd.com. Mm-hmm. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Secret Life Dietitians. And I'm not going to mention our Twitter because I never update it. Yep. So just going to forget that. Just going to let that go. Um, you can visit our <laughs> website anytime at secretliferd.com. We love your show ideas. This has been, again, we have more coming on yeah. dietary supplements. We have not forgotten your other questions. Next we're up. We're going to get it. Yep. promise you. Collagen. Collagen. Protein supplements. Right. Biotin. And we've got, biotin. Right, we've got a couple of things that we're going to talk about uh, with, and glucosamine and chondroitin. That's the other one that somebody brought yes. up yes. for joint health. Yes. Should you be taking that? So we look forward to addressing those questions in the next podcast. Yes. And we will see you wherever you get your podcasts.